Okay, if it feels like it takes you longer to a commute to work or school, a new poll out last week says, well, you're right. Whether you drive or take transit, commute times are on the rise in the city. This according to a forum research. According to this latest poll conducted for the Toronto Star, the average commute has gone up uh, from uh, th- uh, has gone up sorry three minutes from 39 to 42 minutes since 2013. And joining us now to discuss further is Jonathan Hall. He's an assistant professor at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. And Jonathan joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Jonathan, how are you on this Monday? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Uh, what do you think is the major contributing factor to this uh, increase, this three-minute increase in commute time? Is it a, a failure by the powers that be to plan for a growing city? Yeah, it's a, Toronto is a quickly growing city. Even if uh, they were planning perfectly, I think it'd be hard to keep up. But fundamentally, the problem is we have a city that's growing quickly, and we're not doing enough of the things that would solve congestion, which is a mix of investment in public transit and other policies uh, that would address it. All right. Well, that kind of leads me to my next question is, uh, if we haven't been doing our due diligence, we haven't been investing, where should we be investing? Should it be in our roadways and expanding, uh, I don't know, the the gardener by several uh, lanes? Or is it to take that money and put it into public transit and convince folks that that's, uh, you know, quote unquote, the better way? So uh, the best solution is the uh, unpopular one, which is, you know, if you were just to build more lanes, it ends up, it just fills up. In the short run, traffic's better. You have like two or three years of better traffic, but go look out 10 years later, traffic's just as bad as it was. Uh, And building transit can help, uh, but really what you need to combine building transit with is making people pay for the road space they use, which is just like we ask people who ride transit to pay a fare, we have to ask road driver, those driving on the roadways to pay a fare, and that's congestion pricing. To be honest, people don't usually like it, but after they get used to it, uh, they find they're better off for it. And this is the example in Stockholm where they implemented it. People were really upset, and three years later they said, all right, we're going to vote on want to keep it, and people actually voted to keep it because they found it made their lives better despite the fact they had to pay these tolls. All right, well, let's unpack uh, unpack a couple of things that you mentioned there. And I want to start by uh, this expansion of the uh, roadways. So do you think, uh, and I know a lot of folks point to a Boston when they talk about uh, Toronto and the big dig there and the the expansion that uh, happened there when it comes to roads and uh, pavement. Uh, did they go about it then, do you think, uh, the wrong way, Jonathan, and that's not a model we should be following? The big dig was, like, incredibly expensive. I mean, it's just... The question is, is this what you want to spend billions and billions of dollars on? Is it the best way to solve the problem? Like, in a perfect world, sure. We'd have infinite money, and we'd be able to solve all our problems by building tunnels. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't live in that world. So, yeah, I would say it is almost always the wrong approach. It just costs too much for the benefits it brings. All right. And when you talk about uh, tolling roads, what would you say? And I'm sure there's people in their cars listening to us right now pounding the dash going, no, 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 I've already paid for these uh, roadways. Uh, Why should I have to pay for them again? So totally right. right. So I get the frustration. You're like, who wants to pay more money for their activities of daily life, right? It's totally common sense. Uh, The problem is that the way we pay for the roads says, hey, you know, you pay your taxes, you pay your gas tax, your vehicle registration fee. And then it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Well, what happens with all-you-can-eat buffets (laughs) is you eat too much. And as a result, you know, at a buffet, that just means you get sick after it. On the roads, it means we all get in each other's way. And because we're all in each other's way, our commutes 
take longer and we have more pollution and we have more accidents as a result. And so what we want to do is we want to add this toll and then, yeah, like let's then cut back the gas tax. Let's then cut back the vehicle registration fee. You know, we can use the money we raise for the toll so that people aren't paying more to travel on average. It's just that if you choose to drive into the city of Toronto at 8 a.m. on a Monday, yeah, you should pay more for that than the person who chooses to come in early or late or the person who takes transit. Uh, you should be paying for that road space you're using. All right. Uh, what would you think, though, instead of penalizing? And listen, I don't uh, necessarily disagree with you when you say basically the, the best way to change behavior is through people's uh, wallets, give them uh, a financial uh, reason to do so. But instead of penalizing people for using the roads or their cars by adding toll roads, what if we incentivize them to use public transit? And I've heard this argument from time to time that, uh, you know, public transit uh, should be free. What, what if we made uh, the GO train uh, during rush hours free for commuters? So, you know, in the end, all that matters is, like, the relative price. So it doesn't matter if the GO train... So this is my reason. Yeah, that can help a lot because what matters is that riding in public transit needs to be cheaper than driving, right? And so how you do that, you know, doesn't really matter. Here's a few benefits of the toll on the road over just making transit free. One benefit is that what you want to do is make driving at 9 a.m. expensive relative to driving at, like, 6 a.m. or noon. And making go the GO train free doesn't exactly get that same sort of incentive for people to shift when they travel. Uh, but certainly free transit helps with that. Uh, the problem is then you have to pay for that somehow. So that's going to pay, be paid for out of income taxes or some other way. I would prefer a more transparent we want you to drive less, so we're charging you more. But again, yeah, like all that matters is changing the relative prices and a subsidy, a greater subsidy for public transit would accomplish that. Yeah, because if we, uh, uh, you know, make public transit free or at least uh, more affordable, uh, don't we have less unintended consequences? Because when I think about tolling some of these roads, it's not only used by, uh, you know, regular drivers, but also commercially and trucks that are trying to get the goods uh, to and fro. And wouldn't that just uh, have an unintended consequence of driving up the price of some goods because now transportation costs are, are exponentially higher? So you say unintended consequence. I say perfectly, completely intended consequence, which is we want the cost of goods and services to reflect their true social cost, right? Like, we don't think it's a good idea to go out and say, hey, we're going to, like, give away, you know, iron to producers so that they can make, you know, dishwashers for cheaper. We're like, no, the, if you buy a dishwasher, that cost should be the true cost. So we want our producers or dishwasher to have to buy their iron. Why do we give away road space? which then makes us think that certain things are cheaper than others, even though they're not really. Some of them cost society a lot more to provide, and we want the prices to reflect that. All right, just before we leave this topic, because there's one other thing I want to discuss with you before we run out of time, but uh, you believe, again, uh, tolling uh, some major roadways here, that would have the greatest impact on uh, dropping this rising commute time then? Absolutely. I think it would make people's lives better. It would reduce travel times and make their lives better. All right. Uh, meantime, I also want to do, I mentioned to you, a new report out by uh, Ryerson that has concluded that uh, vehicles uh, for hire, such as Uber and Lyft, are actually contributing not only to a congestion, but uh, actually uh, are is uh, adding to uh, greenhouse gases and emission in the area here. Uh, just uh, how harmful are some of uh, these ride-sharing uh, programs, and do you think we need more rules governing them? 
So there is definitely good and bad about these ride-sharing services, right? Uh, so as far as their effect on congestion, you know, I think there's a growing evidence that, yeah, these vehicles are adding to congestion. The magnitudes aren't as big as people think, right? So you even look in the report and they kind of say, all right, you know, we can, they cite a report done by the University of Toronto Transportation Research Institute, which says, all right, travel times during the morning peak are up 4% due to ride hailing, ride hailing like Uber, and down 1% in the afternoon peak. And this Ryerson report then says, you know, kind of like, oh, we need better data. Like, they don't like the answer they got. And so they kind of complain about that, which says, like, ride hailing gets, you know, some people take it instead of driving themselves. And so maybe the net effect there is smaller than people would think. Uh, do we need better regulations? Certainly. Uh, you know, the ride hailing firms kind of, their goal isn't to make the world as good of a place as possible. It's to make money. And they make money by providing trips to people. And they don't, so they don't worry about the fact that, you know, these vehicles on the road are increasing congestion. They don't worry about the fact that it's increasing greenhouse gas emissions or, I mean, greenhouse gas is one thing. It also just pollutes fine particulate matter right in the middle of our city that we all breathe, right? So there's real pollution downsides. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm running out of time, but I'll get you out on this question here. So do you think when uh, we talk about maybe regulating some of these vehicles uh, for hire that uh, Uber, uh, Lyft, they need to be hit? Uh, I mean, you talk about tolling roads. What about a tax on them uh, when it comes to adding to uh, the carbon footprint of the city and greenhouse gas emissions? So absolutely. The the key thing about a congestion charge is it would hit them just as much as as everyone else. And if you can charge them a vehicle mile, a tax for every kilometer they drive, that would be great. You just want to tax all vehicles the same way. Like, they're no worse than me driving my car, and they, we should all be taxed the same way. All right. Going to have to leave it there for now. Jonathan Hall with us. Jonathan, appreciate the time. Interesting discussion. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. You as well. There's Jonathan Hall. He is an assistant professor at the Monk School of Global Affairs.